0: Welcome to the Shepherd's Psalm. This is a new series that we're starting for over the next several weeks, looking at Psalm 23, but not just looking at it. Obviously, there's a ton that we can discover. We're using as our guide this book, W. Philip Keller's book, A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23. And you can get it in paperback. uh, You can get an ebook Kindle version, uh, Amazon.com. This cost me $7. I think the ebook book may be a little bit cheaper than that. Um, it's a real small book. It's not, not thick. The chapters are short. But man, they are packed with some very insightful things. And that's what we're using as our guide for this series. So we are going to start week one. And uh, every week we are going to start the exact same way. We're going to read Psalm 23 in its entirety. And then we will begin to look at the psalm specifically one line at a time and the information that we can draw out of Keller's book as well as the information we draw out of the psalm itself. So let's begin this week reading Psalm 23. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So join us over the next several weeks as we dig into Psalm 23. We're about to get started. Well, this psalm, Psalm 23, is called the Shepherd Psalm for good reason. It connects us as sheep and God as our shepherd. Now, the easiest way for people to understand things about God, especially deep truths about God, is the use of analogies. God set up things in nature to teach us lessons. Proverbs tells us that when we're feeling a little extra lazy to look at the ants and see how hard they work, they don't take a day off. Um, Nature can teach us valuable lessons, and God has set it up to do just that. In the very first phrase of the first verse of Psalm 23, we see a powerful declaration It's a declaration that's easy to gloss over and to read without even giving it a second thought. However, through this series, we will slow down and give every phrase of this psalm our full attention. So what does it say? The Lord is my shepherd. Well, who's the subject? The Lord, the God of all creation, namely the one who has called himself the Good Shepherd, which is Jesus. Keller wrote this, he said, To think that God in Christ is deeply concerned about me as a particular person immediately gives great purpose and enormous meaning to my short sojourn upon this planet. Think about it. A shepherd cares for his sheep as he loves them, provides for them, protects them, feeds them, and even to the point laying down his own life for them. That is the same position of Christ over us. And because of that truth, we realize that Jesus cares deeply for us. He cares about our welfare. He cares about every aspect of our lives. He wants us to give over our control to him, to trust him as the good shepherd. Now, let's explore that topic of control for just a few minutes. There may be someone in your life that you love tremendously. A spouse, for instance. You hand over to them control of something that you used to do. You put them on your bank account so they have equal access to the money. It requires a tremendous amount of trust to let someone have complete control over certain aspects of your life. But we allow that because we feel like we can always wrestle that area away from them if they prove to mismanage it. If they spend all the family money on guitars or books or purses or Hobby Lobby decorations or Chick-fil-A leaving no money for the electric bill, we probably would take their debit card away. We let them have control because we know we can take it back. But what about Christ? Because that mentality does not work with our relationship with Him. Can we trust Christ for our salvation, calling Him our Savior and our Lord, and not give Him control over over every area of our life? Can we say that we trust Him and still not trust Him with our health, with our money, with our time, with our decisions, with our protection? Can we be a Christian and not be surrendered? Who is our shepherd? David tells us that the Lord is. The Lord who brought the entire universe into being. The Lord who set the stars and planets in their place. The Lord who formed the planet that we currently inhabit. The Lord who made Adam and Eve. He knelt over their lifeless bodies and breathed his own life into their nostrils, this same Lord stamped his seal of ownership on us. Keller wrote, I'm basically bound to admit that his ownership of me as a human being is legitimate, simply because it is he who brought me into being, and no one is better able to understand or care for me. When he stamped his seal of ownership on us, That removed our right of control over our lives. And that might make us recoil in fear a little if he were an untrustworthy Lord. Now, instead of looking at it from the negative perspective, shift to looking at it from the positive perspective. It's no longer, it's not, I no longer get to, but it's, I no longer have to. It's no longer my responsibility to provide for my needs. It's no longer my responsibility to worry about my health. It's no longer my responsibility to make every decision or to concern myself with protection. He loves me and he cares for me. And because of this, I am absolutely free from worry. What a liberating reality for us who are in Christ. Now, yes, we are wayward sheep sometimes. We are sheep that like to be in control. Keller reminded us of Isaiah 53, verse 6. It says, We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. As the writer of the hymn, Come Thou Fount, reminded us, we are, quote, prone to wander. Yet this loving shepherd guides us back into the fold. Our mistakes and our sins are laid upon him. If a shepherd is watching over someone else's flock, he has to give an account of every single sheep. If one wanders off and can't be recovered, this shepherd has to pay a price for it. The cost of the wandering sheep is laid upon and paid by the shepherd. Keller wrote the entire poem goes on to recount the manner in which the good shepherd spares no pains for the welfare of his sheep. We are the sheep of his pasture. It's his pasture and not ours. We remember the story of Jesus, the the shepherd leaving the 99, who were safe to pursue the one lost sheep. And this is how Christ pursues us. Keller wrote this and it was an it's an important quote that I wanted to share with you. He said he, which is Christ, never hesitated to make it quite clear that when an individual once came under his management and control, there would be a certain new and unique relationship between him and them. There would be something special about belonging to this particular shepherd. There would be a distinct Mark upon the man or woman that differentiated him or her from the rest of the crowd. He said, The day I bought my first 30 ewes, my neighbor and I sat on the dusty corral rails that enclosed the sheep pens and admired the choice, strong, well-bred ewes that had become mine. Turning to me, he handed me a large, sharp killing knife and remarked tersely, Well, Philip, they're yours. Now you'll have to put your mark on them. I knew exactly what he meant. Each shepherd has his own distinctive earmark that he cuts into one of the ears of his sheep. In this way, even at a distance, it's easy to determine to whom the sheep belongs. It was not the most pleasant procedure to catch each ewe in turn and lay her ear on a wooden block, then notch it deeply with the razor-sharp edge of the knife. There was pain for both of us. But from our mutual suffering, an indelible lifelong mark of ownership was made that could never be erased. And from then on, each sheep that came into my possession would bear my mark. I think it's so interesting that Paul actually wrote that he in his body bears the marks of Christ. Keller continued, he said, For the man or woman who recognizes the claim of Christ and gives allegiance to his absolute ownership, there comes the question of bearing his mark. The mark of the cross is that which should identify us with him for all time. The question is, does it? Do you bear the mark of his ownership in your life? Have you truly surrendered all to him? where nothing is off limits. If Christ put his finger in a sore spot, how you handle your money, how you handle your time, how you handle a particular addiction or obsession of yours, and he said, I need you to let me have control over this. Would you surrender? Keller wrote, It's a tragic truth that many people who have never come under his direction or management claim that the Lord is my shepherd. They seem to hope. They seem to hope that by merely admitting that he is their shepherd, somehow they will enjoy the benefits and care of his management without paying the price of forfeiting their own fickle and foolish ways of life. One cannot have it both ways. Either we belong or we don't. Keller ended this chapter with a series of questions that I'll ask you to pause and consider for your own life. Do you really belong to him? Do you really recognize his right over you? Do you respond to his authority, uh, his authority and acknowledgement and acknowledge his ownership? Do you find freedom and complete fulfillment in this arrangement? Do you sense a purpose and a deep contentment because you are under his direction? Do you know and understand true rest in belonging to him? If so, Then you can exclaim along with David, the Lord is my shepherd. Let's pray. God, thank you for this psalm that helps us learn of the special relationship that we have with you. The promises that you have declared over us, the benefits of belonging to you as our shepherd, and the requirement for us to wholly surrender to your leadership. Help us, Lord to wholly surrender every area of our life so that nothing is off limits to your Lordship, so that we can honestly exclaim, you are truly our Savior and our Lord. Guide us and direct us this week so that we can make this reality known to more people around us that are hurting and broken and need your leadership. They need your comfort. They need you to be their shepherd. We ask this in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. We pray that you have a wonderful week. Join us on Sunday mornings at 1030 for our live stream. And hopefully we'll see you next week as we dig into the next phrase that David gives us. I shall not want. You're going to want to read this chapter, chapter two in in Keller's book, and then join us for our conversation next week. God bless. Have a wonderful week.